Welcome to the Gritty Leaders Club and we're in the fourth strategy episode and today it's going to be all about measurement. We're going to be calling it Measuring It. How are you doing, Ben? Yeah, I'm good. Ian, happy to get stuck into this Measure It. Measure what? Yeah, there's lots to talk about here as we talked about in a pre-podcast chat, which we'll get into in a minute. But as usual, let's start with some of the things we've been noticing. And let's start with you, Ben. What have you noticed recently that you want to share? Tony Robbins. I've been watching Netflix. Normally it's you watching Netflix, Ian, but this time it's been me. And I sat down the other night and Netflix suggested a program about Tony Robbins called I'm Not Your Guru, which is the name of one of the huge seminars that he runs. I've never been to a Tony Robbins seminar. And often I think that there's something fascinating going on. I know a few people that have been and they come back and they say it was a fantastic experience. So I thought I've got a bit of time, I'll watch. And it's fascinating. It's two hours long. They filmed a six-day seminar, lots of interventions, and you see some of the transformations. The energy of the whole thing is is incredible. The the energy mm. of all the people there and Tony himself. And having watched the Netflix, now I'm listening to Unleash the Power Within on Audible, which is turns mm. out not an audible version of a book, but it's a recording from another of his seminars. Mm-hmm. In it, he talks about what he calls the emotional triad, which is to make progress on something, mm. we have to change three things, and they are our focus on what we believe in, mm-hmm. language, and physiology. Mm. And I thought, yeah, I get that. Yeah. When you or I do strategy work, we frequently take that team off-site. Yep. So we are changing their setting, we're changing their physiology, they're relaxed, they're out of the office, they're in a creative space. We focus them, you know, mm-hmm. we quite often start with my favorite question, what's possible? And we focus them in a completely different place and we change the language as well. We quite often introduce many of the ideas that we might be talking about on podcasts yeah. like these and we give them new language to, to talk about things. And you need all three of those to make progress. And I thought coaching and for those listening who are not coaches, but they're leaders, you know, one-to-ones. What do we do in one-to-ones? Often we take people out of the building. We do a walking meeting. We're changing their physiology. We try and pick good agendas and we build those around motivating, empowering topics that we believe in. And we stay in the conversation long enough to develop the detail that means the conversation can actually really explore and support describing something and taking the thinking further. And Tony's doing this in his seminars and he has people jumping and shouting and they're really active. So they're definitely out of their day-to-day state. He's introducing ideas all the time. He's telling stories. He's expanding the language. Mm. He works with limiting beliefs. So you can see him working with with all three. Yeah, I was just thinking that as a, as a sort of checkbox, I think that's a really good model, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and we get... Go no, I was just going to say, you know, exactly what probably what you think is, I was thinking, so, you know, when I work with a, a group that I've worked with for a long time, the danger is, you know, the next time you work with them, you go back to the same language, the same physiology and the same focus. And actually, you've got to keep sort of challenging yourself and saying, how do I move it? How do I change it up? How do I shift it a bit so that it doesn't become what we did before? 
Yeah. Do you know what? I often forget to do the emotional triad for myself. If I'm feeling stuck in the rut, if I think about it, the way that I do stuck in the rut Mm. is probably in my little office here too late in the day, too many Mm. days in a row, sat down, not standing at my standing desk. So my physiology has become fixed in the place that it is when I'm stuck in a rut. My focus is the same as my focus was two hours ago. So my focus has become fixed and I thought about where my language might be, but I thought, I know this model inside out, Mm. but still there are moments where I get stuck and I forget that changing any one of these three things will change me. Mm, that's a great, it's a great little model. And Tony Robbins is, is a real showman, isn't he? I mean, I, I, like you, I haven't been to one of his talks. Uh, I know plenty of people who have, have been absolutely blown away by him. I remember watching his TED talk. I I don't know if he's done more than one, but watching the one he did several years ago, and he had a lot of very famous people in the audience, like Al Gore was in the front row, I remember. And he got to the end of his 18 minutes and they were trying to get him off stage. And uh, he said, he said, can I just do a bit more? And he almost got the audience going, yeah, come on, Tony. It was it was that sort of feeling, in there, <laughs> which of course is, uh, you know, anathema to Ted, but he carried on and he did it a couple more minutes. And I don't know how many Ted talks have been allowed to continue, but he was, but, but he's Tony Robbins. It's Tony Robbins. What's got your attention here? Well, I was reading the paper the other day and I came across an article by Surfers Against Sewage. And I read the article and they're doing this thing called Million Mile Cleanup, which is they're trying to get people, not just surfers, not just people who go to the beach, but anyone to join to join up and agree to walk 10 miles in a year in wherever they live and clean up plastic and litter on on that journey of 10 miles. And I started looking at their website and it just reminded me, you know, every time I go out and drive down the A3 near my house, my blood boils when I look out the window and see all the litter and plastic that's been thrown out of car windows. And, you know, if you think about it, every piece of plastic we've ever produced in the world is still on the planet. Some stats on their website are frightening. There's so many of these stats, aren't there? Only 14% of British rivers meet good environmental standards. UK ranks 25th out of 30 for European countries for bathing water quality. Eight million pieces of plastic are entering the oceans every day. I mean, these things are frightening. And I know you're, you're a big believer. You're moving towards becoming a B Corp, which is kind of in the same field that we're talking about here. I think... I think it's it's a responsibility of all of us, and I feel quite strongly about this, to be doing something active in this area, not passive. So I tried to sign up straight away. I found they're doing something tomorrow in my local area. I'm certainly going to join this community and do my 10 miles of cleaning up and join in because we have to. We're, we're killing the planet. That does sound great. And you mentioned me and B Corp. So my B Corp application goes in tonight. And B Corp is all about a triple bottom line, planet, people and profits. Where do you stand on this? What responsibility do or don't companies have? I think it's very interesting because when you look at the way that the world has grown up and Simon Sinek talks about it in his book, doesn't he? The Infinite Game about the fact that we kind of automatically default to businesses must grow. They must they must aim to grow more turnover and more profit. Countries measure GDP. That's the standard measure of growth. 
And we've kind of been born into this system that says that's what we all do. But actually we don't, we don't have to. It's perfectly fine to, to measure progress. And we're, we're kind of, you know, drifting quite nicely in a sense into our topic here, but progress doesn't have to be bigger. It can be different. It can be all sorts of things. And I think, I think it's New Zealand or a country that's dropped GDP, for example. I agree with you. B Corp's interesting. I'm having a discussion in one of the groups I run about B Corp at the next meeting. And one of the members of that group are looking at B Corp accreditation. And he has certainly said to me that having looked at it, he's changing the way he feels about his company and how he's going to manage it and how he's going to grow people and how he's going to take his foot off the perpetual yearning for growth at all costs, which it, which it cannot be. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, maybe we need a, an episode around B Corps or around the triple bottom line, planet, people and profits. Yeah, I agree. We do. It's, it's so important, isn't it? And it would be good. And we will maybe find an interesting guest to join us for that. Alrighty, sounds like a plan, but it's not today's episode. No. Strategy part four, measure it. Before we press the big red button to start recording this afternoon, Ian, I was saying to you that I was looking at some of the, the notes that we have in advance, which talk about the context, uh, purpose, vision, strategy, strategic priority. So the context of the measurements, principles of it, you know, what, what's important here and measurements that drive ownership and behavior and the measurement funnel kpis at the top and kpis down on the the factory floor a balanced approach and these were your jottings not my jottings i'm not taking credit for your list here and and i was saying to you i was looking i was looking at that and i was saying i'm, I'm kind of not feeling the love for this this episode what's the gritty topic here why are we measuring Ian? why are we measuring yeah, yeah. well I think it started off, I suppose, for me, when I was working across a whole variety of businesses, which I'm lucky enough to do, and and so are you. And I'd come into a business and I'd look at what they were measuring at the top of the business. Because, you know, being, being an ex-consultant and being curious and starting with things like, okay, well, where's your vision, where's your purpose, all the things we've we've discussed in the past, you eventually get on to after strategic priorities so what what are the key metrics that tell you how you're doing and how are they aligned with those other things and then i was finding that it wasn't done in a very systematic way i think too many organizations are measuring too many things some are measuring things because they're interesting and not very useful and then sometimes and and that takes up too much time there be too many people who weren't accountable for specific KPIs, so they kind of floated between people. And then there was no line of sight from the top to the bottom. So you'd have a, a bunch of KPIs at the top, probably too many, and they weren't all needed, not, not owned by everyone. And then as you went down through the organization, you'd find they were sort of slightly disconnected to what departments and what, what individuals were doing. So there is some science behind this. There is some discipline required behind this. And I guess that was the reason I think this is so important as a subject to discuss. What, because people measure all sorts of things? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, there, there is a logic to figuring out what you should measure and then having 
people on your top team being totally accountable for the delivery against that thing at which you're measuring? Yeah, well, I think there's a question which we can apply here, which is, you know, whenever somebody is measuring anything, very first question, what are you doing with that information? Mm -hmm. Exactly. What's it giving you? What's that information giving you and what are you then doing with it? I agree entirely. And, And I start with what are you doing with this information? Because a bunch of the time, a lot of the time, the answer is a blank look and well, you know, we report on this monthly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But what are you doing with this information? And how many how many organizations have you seen sleepwalk into trouble? Yeah. And by that I mean they had the measurements, they had the KPIs that told them that their pipeline wasn't strong enough or their customer mm. satisfaction was too weak or their employee engagement wasn't there. And 18 months later, they're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what are you doing with the information? I think actually, listeners, if there's one thing you take from this, take that one question and mm-hmm. apply it left, Mm -hmm. right, and center in the business. What are we doing with this information? That right there, I think, will tighten things up. Yeah, absolutely. If the oil warning light comes on in your car, presumably you pull over and you Mm. check it. And then Mm. you may ring the AA or the RAC and somebody will come out. Or when you get home, you'll lift the lid on the bonnet and you'll top up your oil. And, you know, I, I think people have called it dashboards before and 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 i think that's a very good way of looking at it you know you're driving this car you've got a number of dials in front of you to tell you what's happening and what perhaps is going to happen and have you got too many dials too much information that isn't useful to you or are they very useful to you so have you got things telling you how you've been doing and also things giving you a clue as to how you're going to do which is what you've just alluded to with things like you know customer churn rates and things like that, which may be clues, maybe predictors of future performance. Yeah, so this gets us on to the next part of of why are we measuring, which I suppose is a what question, what are we measuring? And for me, I guess it's two things. One is we need to measure the healthiness of the organization or Mm -hmm. otherwise, you know, take the pulse of the patient. And the second is measure progress against our strategic priorities. We said last time in strategy three, how many strategic priorities can we have at any one time? Both you and I went for six. Yeah. There's six things we can be driving organization-wide at any one time to move us into the the future. So we better measure that we're driving those six and that we are completing those six. Mm -hmm. That, for me, is it. Are we measuring the right things to tell us the organization is healthy and it's making the progress we expect it to? And are we measuring that we're driving the strategic changes or improvements or progress that we said we would? Yeah, absolutely. But I think there's a step for me that says, what are some principles when you decide upon what you're going to measure a kind of a set of criteria almost to say should i measure this or should i not measure this and i've got eight which are i just call them principles of of key performance measures and the eight are clarity about what's important 
So is this a very clear measure and is it very clearly tied to what's important in the business? Is there ownership of the outcome in this measure? We know that measures influence behaviors. So think about the behaviors you're going to drive by having this measure in the business. Is it a behavior you want or a behavior you don't? Is it drive a good competitiveness and not, and I say a good competitiveness because there's a danger with some measures you could drive silo thinking. So you could drive sales against marketing, for instance, if you're not careful in terms of also linked to reward and recognition and compensation plans and so forth. Is it useful, i.e. going back to where you started, Ben, you know, what are you going to do with this? And not just interesting, you know, and I've sat down with people and I've said, there's, a, there's, a, there's an interesting measure, but is it useful? Because they've been measuring it for years, but, and they love measuring it, but it's not really a KPI. It's just a measure that sits there. Are you being transparent with it? And can people connect further down the organization what they're doing to it? So can you connect? There's a line of sight through the business. Does it increase engagement in the business? Which is my seventh one. And also, I think one thing we lose sight of in measurement, the final one I've got there is, does it create knowledge and understanding? Because there's interesting, you know, when I when I go around and talk about measurement to groups around the country, and I share a whole bunch of uh, measurements and KPIs I've picked up over the years and I give them a handout. And some of them look at it and go, well, that's an interesting one. I never thought of measuring that. And it, you start to delve into because, the, you know, it's like what KPIs we could measure. But there's a whole bunch there we probably don't know about that people don't know about that they could be measuring. So it can increase knowledge and understanding of a business, especially further down the organization. When you say we're measuring that, you go, well, that's interesting. What is that? Let's look at what I've got on a list over here. You know, measuring customer retention over the years or measuring customer churn or average resolution time of customer tickets or, you know, if you go into digital marketing, measuring SEO or pay-per-click or subscription model measure measurements, you know, there's all sorts of things we can measure and they would increase the knowledge and understanding of people in our business by talking about them. That's a lovely list. And I reckon I can, I'm lucky enough to have a, a pre-release copy of your, your book, yeah, it's in there, I guess. It might be. It probably okay. is. <laughs> it's pre-released, so you can you can get it added in if it's if not. So that I like the list. And for me, as I listen there, Ian, you got me thinking about I suppose I sometimes have a list of, of two. And mm. the first is what are we doing with this information? And and the second is is this measure driving a good conversation? Yeah. Is it driving a good conversation? Is it driving a, a conversation that connects senior management to shop floor, for example? Is it driving a conversation that connects activity back to strategy and doing the right things and not doing the, the wrong things? Is it driving a conversation that engages the person? In sales, it would be easy, wouldn't it, to measure something like sales margin. But my experience is that that does not drive mm. an exciting conversation with salespeople. Mm -hmm. Maybe it drives an exciting conversation with the finance director, mm -hmm. but not with salespeople and certainly not with, with customers. Yeah. Whereas 
if we're measuring, I don't know, customer service, product placement, these sorts of things, then your salesperson starts to be much more switched on. These are things that affect their conditions for success. They're far more interested to talk about them. And I'm not saying that margin doesn't matter, Mm -hmm. but I'm saying that feet on the street, the conversation at that level, mm-hmm. we've got to measure things that, that matter. So I pay attention to what's the conversation that this measure is stimulating and who's having that conversation as well. Yeah, I completely agree. I was I was thinking back to a business I've been working with for some time who started measuring net promoter score with customers a while ago. And what they were doing was interesting because they they gave somebody accountability to take on uh, this project. And she would send out the form, the online form to everyone. And then when they got back the numbers out of 10, they would phone up the ones who gave them a, a 10 and say, that's fantastic. You know, you've you've said they're a 10 out of 10. And actually you've said, therefore, you'd refer us to somebody willingly. Who would you refer us to? And then if they had a nine or an eight, they'd ring them up and they'd say, you've given us a nine or an eight. Mm. Tell us how we could be a 10 for you and tell, tell us some of the things we could do to make it better for you. And if they gave them less than that, they'd ring them up and say, look, we're really terribly sorry. Something's going wrong with our relationship with you. What can we do to rectify that? So they had an immediate reason to get on the phone with people, with their customers, and re-establish that relationship in some cases, to raise it up to a level more. But it got everyone from right at the ground level, right to the top, talking about customer relationships and increasing that customer relationship based on that measure. Yeah, lovely. Lovely. What are some of the things we should be measuring, Ian? I suppose before I let you answer my question there, the the given is that we should be measuring our strategic priorities. You know, we had a whole three podcasts leading up to now, which arrived at the idea that the results of our strategy process is a plan with five or six priorities any quarter or any time. And we better be measuring that we're we're doing those. So This is our strategic process stuff. I suppose, you know, we've got to match strategic thinking with strategic doing. Mm. We both agree on that. I'm sure we do. What else should we be measuring? What do we measure? What do you yeah. reckon? Yeah, well, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan going back to two chaps who wrote an HBR, Harvard Business Review uh, article back in 1992 that changed the measurement scene in a big way Uh, and they wrote an article called measures that drive performance and they followed it up in 1996 with a book called balanced scorecard translating strategy into action which is right into our sort of title and and these guys are called kaplan and norton and Mm -hmm. they created what we've known for years the balanced scorecard and it's never really changed in my view in that balanced which means looking at finance and non-finance and and balanced looking at internal and external and balanced looking at past behavior and future predictors that's what they meant by balance and so if you think about that as a framework then you can start to break it down and they said there were four broad areas to a balanced scorecard and 
you can still work within these four broad areas in a business. I think you've got the financial ones, which are classic. You know, we've all we all know what they are, and that's where most businesses start. Obviously, me- measuring you know revenue and profit and sales and um, gross profit and net profit and it might be EBIT or EBITDA and total costs and all that stuff, which fits in the financial box. What they said is that's external and it's it's mainly looking in the rear view mirror. Um, therefore, what they said is you need to be having a, a view of what measures you should put in the customer box, which is external, and then what measures you should put in the learning and growth box, which is your people, which is internal, and what measures you should put in the internal business processes box. So the four, those four boxes, finance, customer, learning and growth and internal business processes. And it's interesting because when you look at that, Ben, and you know, back in, in the original strategy discussion, we looked at operational efficiency, customer excellence, and product excellence. Operational excellence, customer intimacy, and product leadership. Exactly. So if you look at those three areas, you've got to go back to that as well and say, well, where are you focused and what are you measuring to drive that focus? If you're saying it's about product leadership, you know, if you go to Tesla on product leadership or Apple or Dyson, there's got to be some absolutely focused KPIs behind that. Yeah, okay. Kaplan and Autumn balance scorecard, I agree, easily the most useful model. I remember it as as four questions. How does a business need to look to its owners or its shareholders? What do they need to see? Uh, and we get some of the financial measures, maybe one or two others. How does the business need to look to its customers? What do our customers want to see? What do we measure to tell us that we're looking the right way? How do we need to look to our people? This is our learning and growth piece. How how does the business need to look for its people? And then the fourth one is what do our processes need to look like? Yeah. So four areas, some well-chosen KPIs in each of those, as you say, forward-looking rather than backward. And then, and then you you got into the value disciplines, and but I think that's that's great. That's the context, isn't it? And it's a, it's a good moment to mention it, Ian. Uh, you were talking about net promoter score. Yeah. Three, or four, three or four minutes ago. I was. Now, it makes perfect sense for some organizations to be measuring net promoter score. Yeah. Maybe all organizations should be measuring net promoter score. It tells us what our customers, well, it's one question, isn't it, to the customer. Mm. Would you recommend us to, to your friend or to another person? Would you recommend us? That's right. And people grab the net promoter score and they start measuring it uh, and they want to be best in industry, best in sects, best amongst their mates as well. And they lose track of, are we a customer intimacy business or are we an operational excellence business or are we a product leadership business? Now, net promoter score is probably important to all three of those. Mm. But what we do with that information and the points at which we react and the ways in which we react are different. Absolutely. And I, I think that's where all these things come together for us, isn't it? And you're right. It's dangerous to latch on and say, 
oh, MPS, that sounds great. Let's measure that. Because as we said in that discussion, there's a minimum standard you need to reach on all three of those that we've uh, discussed, customerism, the operational excellence and product leadership, minimum standard. But there's one, one of those you pick out and you say, I'm going to be world leading in that area. IKEA, for instance, let's take them, for example. They're not going to throw loads of money at uh, uh, customer intimacy. That's not what they do. And therefore, they won't have a whole bunch of KPIs around how amazing they are going to delight customers and become intimate with customers. They're going to have more KPIs in operational excellence because that's what drives their business. Yeah, so but they might have a customer KPI on the back end of their complaints process. Oh, absolutely. How well have we dealt with your complaints? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it matters to them in that moment. So they're very selective, aren't they? I agree. Exactly. Yeah, no, I think that's right. And I think where that leads us to is then when you sit down, I mean, there's a couple of things that occur to me here is you can put all the measures in place, but then what's your mechanism to review how you're doing against your strategic priorities, as we said, and the health of the organization, as we've said, the mechanism is not nearly always your monthly strategic meetings, which, you know, you should have planned in the calendar for the next year. And when you sit down and you go, right, okay, Sarah opposite me, you've got this strategic priority, you've got these KPIs, we all know that because when we created it and co-created it and challenged each other, we know you've got that. Let's have a look at that on the board. Most organizations, good organizations, would have something like a RAG system, a red, amber, green, or traffic lights, some way of saying, every time we meet, we probably don't need to look at every measure but we do need to see those that are amber and red. And those that are green, we're probably gonna just have a brief view of, but we do need that, that piece in place, which says on a regular basis, we review where we are and we look for adjustments, of course, because we're gonna go off course on some of these. And to your point where we started was, if we've gone off course, what's that telling us about what we're going to do in three months, six months, nine months, if we do nothing? So we've got to correct that course over here, put more resources in place, adjust what we're doing. So we've got to combine this discussion about measures and KPIs with our review process, our monitoring process, our accountability process, which sits behind this. Yeah, I agree. A word of caution, though, key performance indicator, the, the clue is in the name, it's just an indicator. It mm. doesn't tell the whole story. Sarah, if you're listening, uh, Ian remembers you. So, <laughs> you know, when, when we've got Sarah there, and it's, it's her KPI, and for whatever reason, this month, it's not looking right, that's a sign to talk more broadly about that part of the business. Let's not talk about why this number is not right. Let's talk about this part of the business, this process. Mm. Let's talk mm. about what's going on here. Let's expand our focus and explore it. And then let's come back. And I, I quite agree with you that it's a good indicator to say, let's send, spend some time as a leadership team looking into this part of the business. And it's for Sarah in that example to spot that this is happening and to come to the leadership team and say, I've got a KPI here that's saying this, and let me tell you my, what my view is on this. I've analyzed some other deeper measures and targets here. I've looked across the board. This is a view. And then for the leadership team to start discussing that, but it, 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 you're quite right. You know, if you, if you noticed your, if you're taking your vital uh, measurements of your, of, your, of your body and you find your blood pressure's going up, 
you want to then investigate further. Yeah, and work out what intervention is required or change of direction or or maybe it's old news. We need to do something new in this space. It's not always uh, mm. a case of fixing it. Sometimes it's do something different. But I thought you were going to go somewhere different there, Ian, because you started off by saying we've got all of these KPIs. I thought you were going to say, how do we know which ones to use? It's healthy, isn't it, to look at all mm. of the KPIs in existence and ask ourselves if we're going to be world-class at what we do here, which few of these KPIs do we need to focus on? Which yeah. few of these do we need to focus on to be world-class at what we do here? That's right. I think our filters, if you like, and it goes back to what we discussed a few episodes ago, which is when you've realized your purpose, vision, value strategy, they become your decision filters. And so they become decision filters also for KPIs. Because if you figure out what you're, what you're here to do and what your vision tells you you want to do and how you want your people to behave, and then how you are different competitively and sustainably, all those things start to give you huge clues as to what you should be measuring. And there should be a, a really robust conversation at the top of an organization to say, let's go through our KPIs and see why we're measuring each of them. Why are we measuring this one? What's it telling us? Is it useful? Tick. Right, let's keep that one. What about this one? So I think it's a bit like the values discussion. You know, when you go into some organization and they say, what's your, what's your core values? And they say, here they are, and there's 10 of them. And you say, oh, right, okay. Put them aside for a minute and tell me what they are. Oh, uh, I, I couldn't remember them all without reading the list out. Mm, okay, so now we're struggling a bit, aren't we? So I always say values between three and five, otherwise you've just got too many there. And I think KPIs, if you walk in and they say we've got 25 or 35 KPIs, they're not key, a bit like your strategic priorities, they're not strategic, you know. So I think you need to look at them very carefully, going back to where we started and say, what are they telling you? How useful are they? And should you still be having them at the top on the dashboard for the leadership team and saying, are these really important and telling us how we're doing as a business? The other thing that you mentioned earlier when we were having a, a pre-pod discussion was you talked about smart goals. We often talk about smart goals when we talk about one-to-ones and you know appraisal systems and you know going further down into the organization and of course smart goals exist on every level but one of the things that i think uh, is important and that was kind of talked about it i talked about the business measurement funnel and there's a another company i'm work, working with who every level in the organization and they they've made sure they've gone right to the ground ground floor, if you like, and with drivers and, and warehousemen, they've got them each having two to three targets that they actually come up with a known. And it's made their engagement in the business much deeper because they suddenly see, you know, going back to that different organization who I talked about NPS scores and driving behavior with the customer and, you know, how can we improve the relationship we've got and how can we take it from a six to a, an eight or a nine, you can have behaviors on NPS, right down to your receptionist, right down to your driver, as well as your account manager, as well as your director of customer service and customer excellence. And I think that to me is really interesting when you can get that behavior around a target, a KPI going from top to bottom of an organization and in, incorporated mm. in a smart goal. 
tell me what are the highlights for you out of this episode if you were going to walk away and say yeah what was that episode all about what's what's left in your mind out of this one for me it's what are you doing with the information if we can ask one thing that's the question i'd ask what are you doing with the information it can cause us to realize we're doing nothing with the information so let's not bother measuring it or we're doing nothing with the information but actually this is important so let's start doing what we should be doing and the four areas the five areas i suppose how does the business need to look to the customer to its owners to its people and what do our processes need to look like and are we ticking off our strategic priorities mm. what one other thought here looking at this uh, a completely different way and i'll let ross braun of formula one fame say this for me one of the things ross braun says in in his book is that luck is preparation waiting for an opportunity mm. And I think that's important here as well. Part of measurement is checking that we're healthy, that we're fit, that we're in a good position, that we're where we expected to be. It's not exciting, is it? You know, we're crossing I's, dotting T's, or the other way around, perhaps. But luck is preparation, waiting for an opportunity. And, you know, sometimes we can't win that big deal unless we've first done a smaller deal, a, a smaller job, a smaller project with that customer. And sometimes we can't do that smaller job unless we've been the runner up in one of their selection processes 18 months ago. So we've got to get into position. We've got to be fit and healthy and well positioned and doing all of those things that we know we should be doing just to stay in good shape and also, we have to tick off our strategic priorities as well, because quite often they're about preparedness and being in the right place and having the right capability ready. Because if we've done those, quite often an opportunity will present itself and then we'll be able to execute on it. Mm. This stuff isn't always about making progress. Sometimes it's about being ready. Yeah, and I think that's a great summary. As you were saying that, I was just relating to working with some of my clients and you know the classic one for a ceo is i want to get more time to be fitter and i want to lose a bit of weight you know by the time you get to sort of 50 ish you usually the vast majority of people male female whatever they are have got that on their radar and my experience over the years is you can't do just so if you think of food fitness and mental health all mm -hmm. three support each other so as soon as you go to the gym, but don't bother about your food or your mental health, mm, you're doing okay. As soon as you just focus on your mental health, but don't think about some sort of fitness, even if it's walking or food, mm, that doesn't really work. If you just focus on food and getting the right diet, but you're not keeping fit and your mental health shop, do you see what I mean? So you need all three, and I see all three support each other beautifully. So one, if you're if you're doing all three, you're kind of like, I'm going to let the food thing down if I'm not healthy and um, I'm not fit and I'm not going to let the mental health thing down if I'm not doing the yoga and the food. And the... So all three have become three legs of the stool you're sitting on. And I think this is similar to what we're saying here is, you know, this balanced scorecard, the understanding that this is a business, a, a, a big a business, like a family. You've got customers there. You've got people there. You've got systems and processes there. You've got your 
your three areas of differentiation, you know, customer intimacy, your operational excellence, your product leadership. It's a complicated mix and all of them should support each other in the way they fit holistically together. And the final thing I'd say is there is a big education and engagement piece in here for your staff. Yeah. And don't lose sight of the fact that when they understand what you're measuring and this kind of cascades through, they get it. They get more of why you're pursuing a certain strategy in your business. And it can open up those debates further down the organization and get far more engagement in the business. All right, let's call that a wrap. Yep. Thanks, Ben. Well, that's episode 20 recorded, and it's our last strategy episode, at least for a while. Please give us your thoughts, your ideas, your questions, and we'll see you all at episode 21. Bye for now.